Are you ready, America? It's time for another edition of Game On. With your host, Stephen, Stevie Ray Braun, and Brad Bad News Bollinger. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Game On. Talking about your favorite sports and different parts of life. Might even get a little take on Lane Kiffin's wife. They tell you what they think, you're not afraid to take a stance. They'll give you the number of pleats in Charlie Weiss's pants. They're the game on guys, see sports through their eyes. Political correctness just up and dies when they give you their views on any sport you want to hear. The game on guys eating fries, drinking beer. That's that is right. It is game on. I am Steve Braun. I'm not sure what's going on with Brad. I, I reached out to him. He was good to go, and then he may have fell asleep. We'll just go with that. He fell asleep. And I can't blame him. Uh, this is Game On. I am Steve Braun. Brad Bollinger typically joins me as well. You can find us a number of different ways. Our website is GameOnPod.com. You can also find us on Twitter at GameOnGuys. Facebook, we are at GameOnPod, along with TikTok at GameOnPod. You can always email us at emailgameon at gmail.com. A lot going on in the sports world. The Super Bowl has been decided what two teams will make it to Arizona for that, and it is the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles, the number one seed in both the AFC and the NFC, advance to the Super Bowl, which will take place uh, in another week and a half. This is being recorded on Tuesday the 31st. Uh, That game will take place on February 12th, Sunday, February 12th on Fox. Uh, A lot of interesting takes that came out of that. Um, Everything from how crazy is it that you saw Brock Purdy go out with the UCL tear, elbow tear. Um, First word is that it's going to take six months, potentially come back in time for the start of preseason training camp prior to the start of the season Um, but that all is dependent upon surgery and what 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 angle he takes does he does he take does he do surgery Um, he's seeking second opinion so it'll be interesting to see there but that draws upon something that it, it didn't hit me until that happened and and you're talking about an NFC championship game 49ers against the Eagles and we see Purdy go out, who was the third-string quarterback at the start of the season. Purdy goes out, Mr. Irrelevant, who had played so well since Jimmy Garoppolo's injury. They turn to Josh Johnson, the often-traveled Josh Johnson, who most recently was playing in the USFL, I believe. I know he played in the XFL back in 2020. He was on the Los Angeles team, but I want to say he was on one of the uh, USFL teams. 
as well. Has bounced around spring leagues, bounced around teams on the NFL on in the NFL as well. And you see him come out there. He plays two possessions or so. He gets knocked out with a concussion. And uh, now it's who is the third string? Who is their emergency quarterback? Who do they turn to? And it's Christian McCaffrey. But we've already seen on the sidelines Brock Purdy say, I can't throw. And they bring him back out there and basically have to just run the ball the remainder of the game. And it had me thinking, there used to be a rule. There used to be at one time, the NFL had a rule, and I, I looked it up on Monday after thinking about it and finally saying, I'm not crazy. I looked it up. There was the third quarterback rule. So the NFL has a certain number of players that are eligible to play uh, that can be active. And then you have eight or so inactive players that are also on your roster, um, participate, but they are deemed inactive on game day. The NFL used to have that if you had two quarterbacks that were active on your roster, you could have a third quarterback who was deemed inactive but still suited up. And if this player, this third quarterback who is inactive technically, was to come into the game prior to the end of the third quarter. So in the first three quarters, this player enters the game. Then the other two quarterbacks could not re-enter. If this quarterback was to enter in the fourth quarter, the third quarterback that is, then your starter and your backup could re-enter at any time. How big would that have been? I'm not saying it it changes the game necessarily, but who knows what could have happened if you would have had a quarterback who could have actually thrown down the field. Maybe they throw interceptions. Who knows what could have taken place, but it was interesting, and and, uh, Jerry Ostrowski, who played in the NFL uh, for the Buffalo Bills, was on uh, with Jeremy Poplin this week on uh, the Blitz 1170 out of Tulsa, and he stated... He even brought up the old third quarterback rule because he played back in the 90s. He played on on those Buffalo Bills teams, and he mentioned it on the air. And I I will be curious to see if the NFL competition committee, because we've seen rules change because of playoff games. When all eyes are on the NFL, when you have one game on national TV at that time, that's when you start to see rules change. And, And I think this is one that, could possibly happen. Now, Big O made the point. It's money. It's going to come down to finances. Can they find a way to make it to where that third quarterback is still on a on a practice squad salary or whatever it might be? Um, finance is going to be the big plan, big issue uh, when it comes to that. But we saw a an Eagles defense that was just overpowering. Uh, Son Reddick. Uh, looked phenomenal in that contest and and gave a lot of issues to the uh, to the backfield in that game. But that defensive line for the Eagles was was strong. I mean, Nadamakan Sue um, saw some good playing time, and he is second or third string on that defensive line, and it just goes to show the depth that they possess um, up front. So. It was a, a interesting NFC, one that you wish you could have seen a uh, 
a quarterback be able to stay in there that could throw downfield and actually kind of stress the defense maybe potentially um, if Brock Purdy's elbow wouldn't have been injured, wouldn't have been damaged uh, early in that contest. But nonetheless, the Eagles advance. Um, Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni, the head coach, um, and it, how about Howie Roseman? I mean, the GM for the Eagles, they move away from Doug Peterson a few years back. They they hand the keys over to Sirianni, who had been offensive coordinator for the Colts under Frank Reich. Um, Sirianni comes in and uh, takes over and is able to, to, to lead Jalen Hurts and mold Jalen Hurts into um, – a very, very strong quarterback in the NFL, and and I had the privilege of being able to see Hurts in his freshman freshman season at Alabama. If you would have told me back then that this would happen, I would have called you crazy, and I would have lost a lot of money to you if we were to make a bet because there was no way in my mind that he would be a starting quarterback in the NFL, let alone going to the Super Bowl, and, and here he is. So kudos to him. On the flip side of that, the AFC, um, you just saw a, a Bengals team that, that didn't take a, take advantage of opportunities throughout that game, made some mistakes, um, and it, it cost them the ball game. And uh, they're only in the second year of Joe Burrow. They're, they're early on in the, in the Zach Taylor as head coach era as well, but they've had a lot of success. Um, but can they learn from it? Can they get over the hump? And and we've seen it in throughout sports. You've seen teams that um, they have to get into the playoffs. They have to make. They have to win a game. They have to lose some games. Um, they have to lose big games. They have to have difficulty. We've seen it in the NBA. Um, the last last dance. Uh, there's discussion about that of of the build up there. So um, the the Chiefs come away with the victory. They had. Back to the Super Bowl behind Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think it'll be a fun Super Bowl. You have two good offensive lines on both those teams. Um, Defensive pressure up front as well. Um, I I would give the advantage defensively to the Eagles slightly. um, But, hey, the Chiefs have been able to make it happen, and and they've got one of the stronger offenses out there as well. So, It'll be interesting to see and, and excited for the Super Bowl when it gets here. Who cares about the Pro Bowl that is coming up this weekend? Uh, nobody does because Josh Allen even backed out. Josh Allen named to the Pro Bowl, backed out, said he wasn't going to play due to injury. Uh, instead, he is out at Pebble Beach playing golf. So that just goes to show you kind of where uh, where things sit for um, this this Pro Bowl, and uh, I would encourage you, Senior Bowl coming up this weekend, that uh, should be fun to see a couple of local names on playing in that game, Eric Gray uh, among those that is playing, um, and the East-West Shrine Bowl is taking place on Thursday night, that on, I believe, NFL Network as well, so a couple of those college uh, senior uh, festivities bowl showcase type games that will take place this week to to wrap it up. The Hula Bowl, I want to say, took place earlier this week and the NFLPA uh, College Bowl, Collegiate Bowl, 
also taking place this past weekend. So uh, some of those guys that are preparing for the NFL draft, getting a chance to, to showcase it in practices and uh, game scenario as well. Speaking of the NFL, a couple of head coaching hires have taken place. Uh, Frank Reich, the former Colts head coach who was fired midseason, replaced by Jeff Saturday. Uh, Reich, who was the first ever starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, will take over as the head coach of that organization um, after Steve Wilkes was the interim, nearly got him into the playoffs. They went 6-6 six and six under Wilkes' uh, uh, tutelage and, and his time as the interim head coach. But they turned to Frank Reich. I, I like this. I think he's a guy that uh, obviously can develop quarterbacks. You look at what he did with Carson Wentz with the Eagles, um, was able to get things going there, had success with Andrew Luck early with the Colts, and then it just became a a uh, turnstile of, of a rotating door, whatever you want to say, of quarterbacks there for the Colts and uh, Reich not able to succeed there. But I think he's a guy that obviously is a strong offensive coach. Um, I think he probably learned from his time in Indianapolis and some of the, the faults that they had there. And uh, it'll be exciting to see how things go for him in Carolina. I, I think this signals that uh, the Panthers will probably take a quarterback in this uh, NFL draft, upcoming rookie draft, or they will definitely go out and find a quarterback uh, in free agency. So Reich to the Panthers. And then D'Amico Ryans, another former player returning to their team. Ryans, one of the early uh, linebackers for the Houston Texans, the most recently the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. He takes over the Houston Texans. I like this hire as well. I think he's a guy that uh, signs a five-year contract, had a ton of success with the 49ers as their D.C., and uh, takes over a Texans team that has some draft capital um, and an opportunity to really uh, turn things around and, and probably bring in a tough mindset, and that's one of the things that 49ers defense has had. They've had success under him. Um, so look to see ten or the Houston Texans um, build up there. And then coming out today, it appears that the Broncos have found their head coach. Negotiations um, underway, and it looks like may have even been finalized for a trade between the Broncos and the New Orleans Saints. The Broncos um, will have to make a trade if they do indeed want to sign Sean Payton as their Head coach Peyton still under contract with the New Orleans Saints. He appears to be heading to the Denver Broncos after that new ownership group um, quickly moved on from Nathaniel Hackett before the season was over. Hackett, who was in his first season as the head coach with a ownership group that did not hire him, um, they courted a number of guys, including Ryan's, uh, try to get Jim Harbaugh, a few different times, even after Harbaugh had come out publicly with a with a statement that said he was going to be the longtime head coach of the, or he was going to be back and hopefully coaching the Michigan Wolverines for the foreseeable future. Um, Denver went up there and, and tried to talk to him once again and did talk to him and tried to see if there was any interest and if they could get him to uh, head to mile high, but unable to do so and it looks like it will be turned over to Sean Payton who will come in and 
try to get things fixed for Russell Wilson in an offense that uh, was less than stellar this season. And the big key will be, can he get Russell Wilson back to the Russ that does seem to be in Seattle for so many years and had so much success, especially early in seasons? Can he get that going and, and sustain it um, going forward? I would think so. I mean, we've seen what Sean Payton is capable of doing, a very uh, savvy offensive mind, and uh, you'd have to imagine a hire like this. They've already said that whoever the head coach was was going to report straight to, I believe it's Tom Penner, who's the uh, principal owner of the Broncos, but the owner said, hey, whoever I hire is going to report directly to me. They will not go through the GM. So, um a lot of power, I would imagine, for Peyton, even if it's a roundabout way uh, there in Denver. So some big-time coaching hires as well. Big news for the day, though, is the Big 12 football schedule is live. The schedule came out on Tuesday, the 31st, and uh, just running down it, pointing out the two Oklahoma teams, uh, we already knew the non-con for Oklahoma, the Sooners, and what uh, many believe is the final season of OU in the Big 12. Um, their non-conference, Arkansas State, SMU, and Tulsa. Uh, Arkansas State and SMU are home games on September 2nd and September 9th. Then they travel to Tulsa, just up the Turner Turnpike, to take on the Golden Hurricane under former OU offensive coordinator Kevin Wilson, who is now the head coach with former assistant on that OU staff as well at one time, Steve Spurrier Jr., who is the offensive coordinator for Tulsa as well. Golden Hurricane have gone out and recruited heavily in the 918 and across the state of Oklahoma. But uh, they have a couple of different players returning, so Interesting slate there. Rhett Lashley, the head coach of SMU, will bring his Mustangs up to Norman as well, the short drive from Dallas. It'll be uh, interesting to see what SMU has. Uh, you got to remember that, uh, not Chandler Morse, uh, Mordecai, Tanner Mordecai was the quarterback there. He has transferred to Wisconsin. So what does SMU's offense look like? Who's under center for them? entering that contest. And then the Big 12 schedule for OU. On September 23rd, they will face Cincinnati. That is a road contest. So they will travel to one of the four new members. That's one of three games against new members that Oklahoma will have and the first of two that are on the road. So Cincinnati followed by Iowa State. Then it's down to Dallas in the Cotton Bowl for the Texas Longhorns before a bye. And then the final slate of games. UCF at home to Kansas, to Oklahoma State and Stillwater. Home against West Virginia. Over to Provo to face BYU. And closing out Thanksgiving Friday, Black Friday, right after Thanksgiving, TCU, a home contest in Norman against the Horned Frogs, the national runner-up on 11:25 for the Sooners. So, just a quick glance at it, uh, you, you can't be too upset if you're Oklahoma. A road trip, a couple of road trips um, to Cincinnati, to Kansas, to Oklahoma State, and to uh, Provo, Utah. Nothing 
outrageous there by any means. There's no going to West Virginia one week and then going to Provo the next. So I think that was what a lot of people were concerned. Would OU, would Texas be forced to hit the road um, multiple times or make long-distance trips? Would you have to go to Orlando and then follow it to Provo and then go to West Virginia in a three-game road stretch? Not happening uh, for Oklahoma in this in this schedule. Uh, Oklahoma State, their non-conference, Central Arkansas, Arizona State, on the road at Arizona State, that is. And then South Alabama comes to town, which has offensive coordinator uh, Major Applewhite there at South Alabama. Then the season gets underway. Big 12 Conference play does, at least for Oklahoma State, on the 23rd. They face Iowa State up in Des Moines. Uh, they turn around and have a bye week. One of the er- or it is the earliest bye week in conference play, um, along with Kansas State on that week of September 30th. Then it's Kansas State on a Friday, the 6th of October, followed by Kansas. Both of those games at home. Then the Cowboys will head to West Virginia to face the Mountaineers followed by a pair of home games against Cincinnati and Oklahoma as that game against Oklahoma kicks off the November part of the calendar. And then the Cowboys will take on UCF and Houston, both of those on the road, and then close it out with BYU coming to Stillwater. So, again, not a big stretch when it comes to travel. I think the only big one might be that that UCF-Houston travel. Uh, I think the biggest thing in that is where that bye week falls. Early in the season, second week of conference play, Oklahoma State again with an early bye week um, that that bit them this past season. Uh, You saw that the injuries came mid-season and and they did not have a bye to to be able to get healthy and struggled to close out the, the 2022 campaign. So that'll be big. Um, just interesting as well. Oklahoma State does not play Texas uh, in what, again, many think will be the final season for the Longhorns and the Sooners in the Big 12. So uh, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State will come on November 4th. Uh, Oklahoma State does not play Texas this season. And what is at least many would think for the foreseeable future. We'll see. Oklahoma, uh, Joe Castiglione, their athletic director, and many others within the Oklahoma Athletic Department continue to say 2025, 2025. So if you believe them that there is not a buyout coming or an agreement among the Big 12 that, hey, you all can move on, then, hey, there will be likely a OSU-Texas matchup next year. But that is to be seen. Um, a big interest, or a, a very interesting point, and this was pointed out by Ryan Aber on Twitter at Ryan, or at R Y Aber A B E R on Twitter. Ryan Aber is a beat writer for the Oklahoman out of Oklahoma City, covering the Oklahoma Sooners, and he said, "Interesting that the official accounts of all Big Twelve programs, other than the Sooners." and Texas tweeted a release of their schedules with graphics, links, and or video, while OU and Texas just retweeted the conference announcement. 
which makes you wonder, could this be happening sooner? Could OU and Texas somehow reach that agreement with the Big 12 and decide that they will move to the SEC? The SEC commissioner has already said that um, there is nothing that would require a quick, uh, there is no deadline, basically, for that move to happen. Um, and checking this at almost 10 o'clock on Tuesday night on the Soonersports.com website, you go to football, click on schedule, and you can hit select, and you can pick a year. And I checked this last night. 2023 was available as a season. There was a schedule available for 2023 on Soonersports.com under football. Tonight, and it, it, and last night it just showed that non-conference, those three games um, between uh, Arkansas State, SMU, and, and Tulsa on those three dates, September 2nd, September 9th, September 16th. Tonight, on the 31st at nearly 10 p.m., so almost 24 hours later, 2023 is not an option. 2022, this past season's schedule with the results listed. 2024, click on it. There is a home game against Temple on August 31st and a home game against Tulane on September 14th. Nothing and no available option for 2023. So, just throwing that out there. Not saying read too much into it. The only, the, the latest story on the University of Oklahoma Athletics website, again, Soonersports.com, OU football spring game set for April 22nd. There's a story about Jackson Arnold named Gatorade National Player of the Year. Nothing else. No mention of the Big 12 conference schedule coming out on the OU website. Hop over to TexasSports.com. They have Longhorns in the NFL. Conference championships is the top story on their website. Click on schedule. Go to 2023. It's not even listed as an option. They have future schedules listed. Scroll down to 2023, and it's just their non-conference schedule listed there, along with 2024, 2025, 2026, and so on. Their 2023 non-conference schedule features Rice at in Austin. They travel to Tuscaloosa, Alabama to have that return series against the University of Alabama. And then they host a, the Wyoming uh, Cowboys on September 16th in Austin. So, just saying, Texas OU, neither one with a schedule for 2023 that is either available or includes the Big 12 schedule. So could it happen? Maybe. I mean, that that has been the discussion. The Big 12 is ready to move on. OU and Texas are ready to move on. It'll come down to, is Fox Sports, is Fox, who is paying money, for the broadcast rights, okay with moving on. Losing two big 
programs in OU in Texas. We will have to wait and see in that regard. But I, I do think that's interesting that neither one of those is mentioned. Um, Texas has maybe one of the easier schedules as well. Um, so they play Rice, Alabama, and Wyoming, like I mentioned. They only leave the state of Texas in conference play. Okay? In conference play one time. They had two Iowa State in the second to last week of the Big 12 conference slate. Their schedule looks like this. At Baylor. That's in Waco, Texas. Home against Kansas. They play OU, where OU is the home team, I believe, in that game. Or it's, Well, it's a neutral site. Uh, it does not designate who is the home team in that one. I do not remember off the top of my head. But Texas at OU, that one is in Dallas. By week, then they travel to Houston. They are home against Utah, or BYU, pardon me. Home against BYU, home against Kansas State. They travel to TCU. That is in Fort Worth, Texas. Then they go to Iowa State, and they close out their season on November 25th against Texas Tech. So a fairly easy schedule for the Texas Longhorns in this 2023 Big 12 football schedule. just going to be interesting to see is this the schedule that is actually played going to be a little bit more difficult for OU a lot of these schools are already selling tickets you want to think BYU hasn't made a big deal about the fact that they have Oklahoma coming to Provo on November 18th I'm going to guess and I haven't looked but I'm going to guess that their website, byucougars.com, let's go look. This is big, is the headline. Nothing necessarily saying, hey, you can come, come here and watch Oklahoma, but you got to believe that will be a big ticket buy. Process for work. BYU season ticket renewals begins on February 13th. So there you go. Um, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah. So it'll be interesting. I, I really think it'll be interesting to see what takes place, how that what happens there for the Big 12 and specifically OU and Texas. Because we, again, the SEC has stated it doesn't take much for us to redo the schedule. Which means they already have, they probably already ran it. They already know what it would look like and they're ready to turn turn the key on that uh, pretty quickly if, if necessary. Um, other highlights, lowlights of the Big 12 Conference slate. Um, if you're Baylor, you hit the road to UCF and Cincinnati. You also face Houston, so um, three of the four new schools in the schedule for them. Um, looking at BYU, they really only face one other one. Uh, so they play 
home or they host Cincinnati on the second week of the conference schedule, and then that is the only time they do not play one of the other original ten, if you want to consider it that, of the Big 12. Um, UCF, they face Cincinnati and Houston. Um, already mentioned Cincinnati with uh, at BYU, and they, they also play UCF and Houston, so they get the other three. Um, but just glancing through this, it doesn't look like anybody gets all four. Looks like three is kind of where they... You get you may get three of the new members, but you're not going to get all four. And that's just a quick glance by me of the schedule. Yeah, Kansas gets UCF, BYU, and Cincinnati. K-State, UCF, Houston. Um, OU, as I mentioned, gets three of them. Cincinnati, UCF, and BYU. Uh, OSU gets UCF. Or OSU, they are the one. So there it is. I, I I misspoke and I forgot about that. They do get Cincinnati, UCF, Houston, and BYU on the schedule for them. So all four for the the Cowboys. Uh, West Virginia, they as well. So West Virginia and Oklahoma State get all four new members on their schedule. Um, Tech only gets Houston, BYU, and UCF. And as I mentioned, Texas uh, barely leaves the state of Texas, so they get Houston and BYU, which will come to Austin and Darrell K. Royal Stadium. So yeah, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, if I'm saying that right, yes, West Virginia, Oklahoma State are the only two that will receive or will face both or all four of the new members in the Big 12 in this first season of an expanded 2023 uh, Big 12 football schedule. So, again, very interesting to watch uh, watch how that plays out. One more thing that I want to run down, and, and I just find this interesting. Brad and I did uh, back on November 11th. You can go back and watch that uh, that podcast or listen to that podcast you can find on on twitter as well me or tiktok excuse me me knocking on brad but uh, going back to the college basketball start of the season few games had taken place at this point early early season games non-conference games and uh, we made our predictions across the five major conferences pac-12 acc big 12 sec and big 10 so the Pac-12, I thought, I want to go back and see how we are doing. Where where are the teams or where, who is leading the conferences compared to with what we had said? And uh, as we, we dive into that, let's go to the Pac-12. And Brad came out and said UCLA will lead, will end up winning the Pac-12 conference. I said Arizona. Both teams sitting in the top 10 uh, in the AP poll and in the coaches poll as well. Um, UCLA is a half game ahead in the conference standings at 8-2 on the season. Arizona 
Wildcats at 8-3, and three, just a half game back. Um, Arizona actually ranked 5th in the AP poll compared to 9th for Arizona, or for UCLA, excuse me, in that poll. So Arizona, number 5 in the AP poll on as of the 30th of January. Jump over to the ACC, and this is where things kind of went south quickly for both Brad and I. We had UNC, North Carolina. We felt that they would uh, come right back and and build off the momentum of a season ago. The Tar Heels, slow start to the season, but they have settled in slightly. Uh, They are two games back of first place in the ACC, the Atlantic Coast Conference, uh, sitting in fourth place. They are behind the Clemson Tigers, who are 10-2 on the season, and the Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, Virginia sitting at 9-2 in conference play. North Carolina is at 7-3. Pittsburgh, the Panthers, are sitting at 8-3, third place in the ACC. And how big is that? Jeff Capel and the Pittsburgh Panthers somehow able to have what has been a remarkable season. I mean, this is a team that, and you can go back and listen to it. I talked about the fact that Jeff Capel was considered one of the most on-the-hot-seat coaches in college basketball entering this season, and for him... To have the Panthers at eight and three in the ACC, fifteen and seven on the season, um, they have they've played well so far. To riding a two-game win streak currently, um, if they can keep that going, uh, that's a team that that should make March Madness if they can continue on the hot hot hand that they have so far in this conference play, but. Clemson currently sitting atop the ACC standings. They are 20th in the AP poll. Virginia ranks 6th nationally in the AP poll. They are 9-2 and and just a half game back of the Clemson Tigers. Then, like I mentioned, the Pittsburgh Panthers are in 3rd place. And then North Carolina not receiving votes in the or not ranked in the AP Top 25. The Tar Heels are two games back at 7-3 and in conference play. And the Miami Hurricanes, 8-4 and four in conference play. They are t- number 23 in the AP Top 25. We jump over to the Big 12. Another one that uh, at the current point we are not, we're not correct. The Texas Longhorns sent atop the Big 12. Brad and I took Kansas. And the Jayhawks are one game back tied for second three-way tie with Iowa State and Kansas State. Uh, the Jayhawks are 6-3 and three in conference play, um, have been able to write what was a three-game losing streak. They are now back to their winning ways on a two-game win streak. So Kansas, Bill Self, um, I wouldn't bet against them, though. Just one game out of first place in the Big 12 Conference. Over in the SEC, another one that uh, Brad and I were off. Not close. Alabama. Sits atop the SEC men's basketball college or men's basketball standings. 
for the conference. 9-0 and in conference play are the Crimson Tide and head coach Nate Oates. In second is the Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee 7-1 and in conference play. They're a game and a half back of Alabama. Tennessee is ranked number two in the AP Top 25. Alabama ranked fourth after they were blown out by the Oklahoma Sooners. They did come back and get a win recently, though. And then the two picks for Brad and I, I picked Arkansas. The Razorbacks are 4-5. and five. They are five games out of first place in the SEC. Uphill climb, likely impossible. Um, just not the, uh, the away contest record that you would expect out of Arkansas. They are 0-5 in road games uh, so far this season. 11-1 at home over in Bud Walton Arena. Brad picked Kentucky. The Wildcats, they are three and a half games back, five and three on the conference record so far for Kentucky and John Calipari. A lot of talk that uh, Calipari could be heading to Texas to take over the Longhorn program after Chris Beard was relieved of his duties after the domestic uh, assault allegations that came out and a lot of the issues that surrounded that. Uh, Buzz Williams has Texas A&M two games out of first place. They are ranked third. And Bruce Pearl has the Auburn Tigers in fourth place, two and a half games out of first in the SEC. And then in the Big Ten, we're not too far off in this one. Uh, the Big Ten, Purdue, the number one team in the nation in the AP poll. They are 10-1 and one in conference play, 21-1 and one overall. They sit in first. Three games back was my pick, the Illinois Fighting Illini. They are 7-4 and four in conference play. Three games back, like I mentioned, 16-6 and six on the season. And then Brad's pick of Indiana, three and a half games back. Tied in a three-way tie for fourth place, or third place, pardon me, in the Big Ten Conference on this Tuesday, the 31st. The Hoosiers... Six and four in conference play, fifteen and six on the season. They are ranked twenty-first in the AP top twenty-five. So uh, it'll be fun to see how those play out, how wrong or right Brad and I end up being when it comes to our college basketball uh, picks, Brad. For the final four, had UCLA, Kentucky, Baylor, and Houston as his final four. I went with Gonzaga, Houston, UNC, and Baylor. So again, it'll be interesting to see how we pick when the brackets come out in in a few mu- in a few weeks, uh, because we are getting ever closer to the end of the 2022-2023 college basketball season. Uh, encourage you to to. F- Flip on some games here in the final stretch as we enter February, get close to March, and uh, conference tournament time is not far away at all. And uh, it should be a lot of fun as always. Uh, Baseball and softball getting close to started as well for college baseball and softball. So that's always fun as well 
always enjoy uh, when we can get baseball and softball season going. D2 baseball, D3, D1, uh, just being able to watch those on ESPN Plus or the different conference uh, webs websites and streaming platforms as well. Again, Big 12 Men's Basketball Conference, the opening round, that Wednesday showdown, kind of the play-in type games of sorts, March 8th. So we are about a month and a week, yeah, from uh, that getting underway up in Kansas City. That's all the time we have tonight, or today, this episode, whenever you might be listening. Uh, for Brad Bollinger, who is on assignment, he's probably asleep, if I had to guess. I am Steve Braun. You can always find us on TikTok, Game On Pod, Twitter, Game On Guys, Facebook, Game On Pod. You can email us, email gameon at gmail.com, and always visit our website, gameonpod.com. I'm Steve Braun saying have a great rest of your week. Two, one, two, three. Are you ready, America? It's time for another edition of Game On. With your host, Stephen, Stevie Ray Braun, and Brad Bad News Bollinger. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Game On.